Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's rare to find a gift that you know everyone on your list will love. That's what you get with an incredibly soft blanket from Minky Couture. With hundreds of different styles and sizes of Minky Couture blankets, you'll find a gift that they are sure to love every single day of the year. Shop the best deals of the season at MinkyCouture.com. What up, everybody? This is Rob Brandt. And this is Rick Brandt, and we are the Brothers Brandt. Welcome back. Episode 60, 60 of the Brothers Brandt podcast. We have legendary Super Bowl champion Tim Wright, and we're excited to have him on the podcast. Uh, you know, episode 59 was fantastic. We talked about the Dominican Republic and sports outside the U.S. growing up in the D.R., um, and what that was like and some mission trips we've gone on. And today, Super Bowl week, uh, you know, Patriots, Chiefs coming up on Sunday, L- legendary New Jersey native, Rutgers, uh, Rutgers alumni. We had to get him on. Uh, Tim, Tim Wright, welcome to the Brothers Brandt podcast. Hey, the brothers. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. I thank you for the introduction. I'm very excited to be on this show with you guys. And Looking forward to talking about some memories and also talking about maybe even some predictions about next Sunday. So I'm happy to be here, guys, and it's an honor. Thank you. Wow, no doubt, Tim, no doubt. And, like, I was going to introduce you and give you, like, this warm welcome, but, like, I feel like Rob did a little bit. But, yes. I mean, let's just, let's just roll with it. I mean, Tim Wright grew up in Wall, New Jersey, Monmouth County, just like ourselves. Tim, sure. Rob and I would love to hear, like, Maybe just like some memories of growing up playing football and like your high school days. Tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about that. Yeah. So to take it back even further. So I actually grew up most of my years in Neptune and I started playing Pop Warner at the age of seven, Neptune Pop Warner. And that's where I think the, the, the core of the foundation of my discipline, you know, my passion for the game, my love for the game, that's where it started. And we had, a you know, just a great group of guys growing up around my age that, we always coached the swarm to the ball, you know, like all 11 guys got to hit the, hit the running back or the quarterback or receiver. So that, that aggressiveness, you know, that just that passion and grit just to play the game as well as when I got the ball as a running back, it was always taught to go to the house. So that's, that was something I prided myself on every time I either touched the ball or played defense and that love grew, that love grew. And growing up, I was, I was raised by my parents and grandparents and, I had my aunts and uncles and cousins, so I kind of had a village that surrounded me. I was the I was the oldest of you know my generation in terms of I was the leader of my cousins and my friends, and so I always had that chip on my shoulder and and knew that I was responsible to set the pace for the rest of my village. So um, you know, growing up, going to Neptune High School, playing there, I was actually a quarterback at that time, and and you know that was just a fun opportunity to to kind of trying to resemble Mike Vick and, and Vince Young at that, at that age. And um, I felt like, you know, it was time to make a transition. And so I ended up coming into uh, my sophomore year. And towards the end of that, I said, you know what? I think I need a change. And, and our coach at, at, at Neptune, he actually, um, you can come in. 
he actually didn't uh, it didn't pan out for him after my sophomore year. And so we went coachless all the way up to about June of, of, of my sophomore year. And I said, no, nah, I can't I can't try to go get a starting quarterback job without a coach. So I said, you know what, I'm going I'm to go make this change and I'm going to go to wall. I had I had several friends there and it was just a fun opportunity, a fun transition. And that's next next thing you know, the coach just saw my talents and he said, no, we got to get the ball in your hands every way possible. I understand you'll touch it at quarterback, but you'll have to distribute it most of the time by either throwing it or handing it off. And they said, if we can hand it off to you or throw it to you, our chances of succeeding will be far greater and you'll get more exposure for the next level. And so I said, let's do it, coach. And next thing you know, first game I came out, balled out and that's what I did for the, for the entire two years I was there at Wall. Tim like that's so like spot on like I remember we played against each other in high school and you were just like a phenom dude like you just every, you. I don't know, every time you touched the ball it was like you were scoring touchdowns and it was so impressive just to watch firsthand growing up and like yeah. it also sounds amazing the support team and, and the people you had around you I love hearing that I think that's so important in life and I mean, you just like have done everything so right and and no pun intended, but it's been so cool to just like see you like and also like let's talk about college. Like then you went off yep. to Rutgers University, New Jersey State School, Greg Schiano, right? Like yes. tell us about that. Yeah, man, I was amazing. So quick backstory. When I was about 13 in Pop Warner, my name had got chosen out of a hat of the entire Pop Warner, all the players in Pop Warner, their names, our names were, were in a hat and they did this drawing and my name popped up and I had the chance to go to Rutgers and take pictures for a magazine right on, right inside the stadium on the field at Rutgers. So I'm out there, my dad brought me up there, I'm out there taking pictures and all of a sudden the coach for Rutgers walks out and he walks behind me and he said, hey, what do you think about the stadium? And I was like, looking around like this is amazing I've never been inside a college stadium and he was like can you see yourself playing here one day I'm like of course I can I would love to and long, long story told that was Greg Shiano tapping me on my shoulder at the age of 13 14 <laughs> and then four or five years later now I'm playing with him so it was just one of those things where you know it was just a, it was a great opportunity to step foot on there at such a young age and have and have such a you know an impression on, on, on my future. So, you know, going through there, I came out of, I came out of wall and then went into Rutgers and I redshirted and I was a, you know, a year of growth. That was the first time in a long time. I didn't line up on the field and actually play competitively, but everything that went through the background, I had to prepare for. So, you know, that was something that it was just, Hey, let me, let me strap in. Let me make sure I secure my academics. Let me make sure I can do everything I can to prepare the players that are playing on Saturday to be the best they can be. And uh, went through that journey, came out sophomore year. I was I was predominantly blocking, didn't even catch a pass because we were a wildcat offense at that time. And then I said, nah, let me come in here my sophomore year, red, you know, redshirt sophomore year, third year in school, and let me go ball out. So I was traveling from down here in Wall Neptune, traveling up to the to the uh, Rutgers bubble like for like three weeks straight during our winter break. And I started to get guys following me. I started to get quarterbacks coming in there. And then all of a sudden, I just, I just grew this, this uh, separation in terms of my skill and, and uh, you know, everything I applied, to a, I applied to the game. 
And coming out in spring, I actually won the most improved offensive player of that year. And, like, all my teammates knew I was going to blow up and dominate when the season came. So we went into training camp, and six practices in, we were supposed to stay off the ground during that practice. I catch a pass at the end of end of practice during our two-minute drill and tore my ACL. And I had got tackled to the ground when we were supposed to stay off the ground. But that year taught me a lot in that recovery. It was a grueling process every day, all day, rehab and, and managing school, walking around on campus with crutches and, and doing all that process. But it made me grow inside knowing, knowing that I just faced you know, the most traumatic adversity possible and, and just taking your entire year away in one play. But now I was able to also grow from a vocal leader on the sideline or, you know, like with my ability of cutting hair, I was able to reach guys in terms of like sitting them down and talking about life and talking about, you know, when things aren't high, how do you respond when things, when you hit the, hit the bottom? So I was able to shed light on that. And um, I came back my junior year caught two touchdowns, caught 11 passes, and then that that segued into my senior year where I was the sole offensive captain. Um, you know, like I was I was chosen by my entire team to literally be the only one with three other defensive captains. And then I balled out 39 catches. I think I had another two touchdowns, and that set the mark for my NFL career. Yeah, man, like watching you at Rutgers, I was just so impressed. And I think you have so much respect amongst your peers because you go about things the right way. Again, no pun intended. But <laughs> I like, like Thank you. One of the things that I loved about watching your evolution in college was like mm -hmm. you came out like and of course, like we're all in high school and stuff like that. But like right. and we work out a little bit. But I was so impressed because it was so obvious you would put the work ethic in and you were like bulked up. And like, I don't know, mm. I feel like sometimes maybe you were like lining up in different positions. Like you said before, you were blocking a little bit in your career and then catching passes and touchdowns and like the defense couldn't contain you at times. It was just, yes. it, it was good stuff, man. And like mad Thank respect you. for all that. And then let's now talk about the NFL situation. So mm -hmm. you played for Greg Schiano at Rutgers University. You just told us you went back when you were like in a teenager and like met him in yes. this like unique scenario. And then fast forward, he leaves Rutgers, goes right. to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then, like, weren't you – didn't you go there when he was there, right? Yeah, I did. And <clears throat> this, is a, this, is, this is pretty crazy. I actually – telling a story like this and, and me bringing up that, um, that, that idea or that example of when I met him on the field at, at the age of 13 before I got to Rutgers, he, he actually – was a segue for me going into the NFL as well. And this is what happened. So our third game of my senior year at Rutgers, we ended up playing um, uh, South Florida, down right down in, in the same stadium that Tampa Bay plays, right? And that was my breakout game. Like, I balled out. And remember the, the, the sequence of time. So Chiano, he had left Rutgers my, right after my junior year and he went down to, to Tampa to coach. And so this was like the third game of the season. We were coming down there to play. And him and his family was in the press box during the game versus South Florida. And I balled out. I had like seven or eight catches for like 125. And after the game, him and his family was in the locker room. They was like, you know, greeting, greeting uh, the ex-coach, you know, the coaches they used to coach with and some of the players they knew. 
And he called me into the side room where they was and he said, what a heck of a performance, Tim. Like, I'm so proud of you, this, that, and the third. And I'm like, I'm putting, I'm doing the math and I'm like, hold on coach, like you're coaching here right now, right? And mind you, the NFL, none of that stuff was even in a picture yet. And so when, when, when I go into the, um, to the draft phase, I didn't get drafted. And all of a sudden, Coach Siano calls my phone literally like after the last pick was chosen. And he calls my phone and he says, hey, Tim, you getting any interest right now? And I said, yeah, Coach, um, you know, the, the Raiders are really looking at bringing me over there. And he said, so what kind of plan do they have for you? And I was like, I don't know. They, they're kind of vague. It's not really, you know, not really much etched in stone in terms of how they view I can come in and be valuable. And he said, how would you like to come down to Tampa where 65% of our coaching staff is coaches who coach you for four years at Rutgers, as well as being in a beautiful place and, and bringing your family down there? I said, coach, let me call my agent one second. So my agent was on the other line while all this was happening. And I called him, I basically clicked back over and I said, hey, coach, I would love to come down to Tampa. So I came down to Tampa and mind you, it's like guys that I play in Madden with since I was, you know, since I was 15, 16, it was just like legendary guys on the field, super talented guys out there. And I, all I knew was just to work my butt off. Like, I think that's the short conference way, you know what I mean? That's the, that's the Jersey hard way. So I came in there, worked my tail off. And next thing you know, Coach Shano brings me in the office and he says, Tim, your best chance of, of, of making this team, I feel like is switching you from wide receiver to tight end. And I say, whoo, really? Okay, let's do it. <laughs> and I walk into the room, the tight end room, and it was seven guys. I was the seventh man on the roster in a position I never played before. And I was like, here we go. It's time to climb Mount Everest. So I just, I just got my head in the books. I learned everything I can about the position. I bulked up. I went from 220 pounds to 235 pounds and like, eight weeks and I, I gave my ch myself a chance to compete. And so that, that training camp process started and guys started falling out, you know, like, like falling, like either ankle injury or a concussion or like, you know, they weren't performing well. And I was just steadily gradually climbing the ranks, climbing the ranks. And by the end of training camp, I, I had cracked the, uh, the three deep because I, I made the, I, I was like either a starter or second string on, on special teams. And that's what gives you the chance to be able to, you know, be able to um, uh, make the team on that 53-man roster. So first game was against the Jets. And I came home and, you know, had family in the stands. It was, like, really cool. But then, like, two or three weeks passed, and I was, I was getting some snaps on third down. And then, um, you know, they, they were like, all right, you're going to start. You're going you're gonna to basically have to start now. And that was the fourth game of the season. So that was my first game starting. I caught like four four passes for like 63 yards, like three first downs, fans screaming my name. And next thing you know, that set the that set the, the path for my breakout rookie campaign. And and I ended up breaking a franchise record for five touchdowns, uh, tied the most catches in the last decade by any rookie tight end with 53 catches. So it, it was just a, a real amazing journey. Like, you know, that 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 rookie year set the mark for my, my whole NFL career. Bro, that is like one of the most epic. Like I got chills <laughs> just like listening to this story and like the behind the scenes with Shiano and all, all yes. how that 
navigated. That was so amazing to hear you just share that. I know our listeners are loving it. Yes. And like a couple, couple quick things I remember. One, I remember watching that game when you were at Rutgers. You guys were wearing, I think, white unis and like they were sick mm -hmm. that night and you guys were playing at USF and I was super, yes. like, you were just tearing it up. And I was like, let's go, let's go. Yeah. And then, yes. and then uh, you're right. Like, you're just like, you get down there in Tampa. And like, I remember watching, like you like, did, you look huge, bro. You bulked up, you did yes. whatever you could. You had an unbelievable, like first year in the league. And yes. then like, talk about like what happened next. Like, I'm so curious <laughs> too. Like, so you had a great year. But then yeah. you end up going to New England, which was like the most like perfect thing. Like you look back at your life and your career and like you had one of the most unique experiences anybody on the planet could ever have that year. What yeah. was that all about? Belichick, Brady, Gronk, like let's get oh into that. Yeah, that, that story was incredible. But before I before I not mention this and, and, and miss this out, this is an amazing connection of my story. So when you look at the school I went to, Neptune, right? Neptune Scarlet Flyers. And then you look at the school I transferred to, Wall Crimson Knights. I grew up on a street named Rutgers with my grandparents. Literally was born there. My grandparents still live there to this day. So when you put that all together, it spells Rutgers Scarlet Knights. So I was destined to go there. Like I had to go there. <laughs> and then to fast forward to what happened leading from an amazing season with Tampa my rookie year, going into New England, so we're in training camp my second year. I'm, I'm in Tampa. I'm doing well. And all of a sudden, one day, this is the second to last day of training camp. I go out on a practice field, and I see our general manager, like, 60 yards away, kind of pacing back and forth. And we're like, we never seen our GM on the field at this time. Like, that's super odd. And I'm just, I'm, I'm catching passes from Mike Glennon. Like, we're just doing a little warm-up. Guys, are, like, players are starting to walk out on the field. And all of a sudden, he starts to walk towards where I was, like, towards where me and Mike were, were, were doing a little pitch and catch. And he's like, he's like, hey, Tim, is that your helmet? And I'm like, holy shit, like, what's going on? And I grab my helmet. I'm like, yeah. He's like, follow me. So we start walking. And he said, hey, Tim, mind you. What happened was right after the season, the entire front office and the coaching staff got fired. So we're going into OTAs and training camp with a new front office and a new and a new coaching staff. So I'm walking and he says, hey, we appreciate everything you've done since we've been here. But we're about to trade you to the New England Patriots. And when he said trade you, my like inside, I'm like, everything just drops. Because it was the furthest from my mind. I'm like, I just balled out last year. You know what I mean? Like, the entire fan base of Tampa Bay loves me. And this guy is telling me I'm about to get traded. And when he said traded, I'm like, where? Like, the big question mark then pops, like, where? And he says, the New England Patriots. And inside, I'm doing cartwheels. I'm like, what? Like, I'm about to go play with Tom Brady. Like, I was playing him in Madden at the age of 10. Like, <laughs> so, so literally, I'm walking, I'm, I'm walking into the facility, and, and he's like, let's go get Coach Lovey Smith. They sat me down. They told me about the news. And, and I walk into the locker room. My phone is blowing up. Text messages, phone calls, because at this point, I'm on ESPN. 
So it was like, it was craziness. So I hop in the car, I'm driving home and I tell my wife, I said, well, she, we were actually, uh, we were only engaged at the time. And I told her, I said, babe, pack up the house. And she, we just had our son about probably, he was only like 13 months at the time. And I said, pack up the house. We're going to New England. And we packed up the house. I, I got told that news at 2 p.m. I was on a flight to New England by 5.30 that wow. evening. So I only had I only had three hours to say goodbye to Tampa Bay, pack up whatever I needed, and I was on a plane directly to New England. What up, everybody? Sorry to interrupt the regular programming right here, but Rick and I have to pay the bills, so we're going to run an ad. This ad is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Enjoy the show, guys. So I land there and I I walk into the stadium, right? And I get to the front door and I open the door and you like you could just feel like literally the success of New England just jumped into jumped in my bones and I I just got chills because you could feel the success of that organization right away you could just feel the culture jump inside of you and so what um what I had to do was what I had to do was I had to I had to go meet uh coach Belichick and I had to go in his office and so I went into his office and he said hey Tim he said (laughs) glad you're here in New England welcome he said but uh we're going to get you ready to start in this game tomorrow. And you're going to have to learn 60 plays overnight. And you're going to be starting in this game. And we want to see what you can do. And so this was the final game of training camp in order to make the team. So the trade happened. But they wanted to see who I was because you know them. They'll cut you even if they traded you. It doesn't even matter who you are. So I had to I had to basically learn 60 plays overnight. That That was like incredible uh, incredible task right there to learn 60 plays overnight but I did it I started they threw me the first pass of the game and I ended up having like four or five catches that game and I had about 25 people from my family there because it happened so fast that they were just like oh we're there we're at the Giants game so we played the Giants and I did that but when I walked into the locker room right they had walked me up to Tom Brady and Tom was in his, his sitting like sitting in front of his locker texting. And they said, Hey Tom, look who's here. And he threw his phone in his locker and he stood up and he said, Timmy Wright. He said, man, I'm so glad you're here. Like I watched your film. I know who you are. Let's get it going. And I look up and my locker is literally right next to Tom Brady's. And like, I was just like, in awe, like, the last 12 hours, was I was just blown away by all the stuff that happened. And I went out on that field. I had to go, you know, get my cleats, like, you know, pick out the different things. They're sizing me up for, you know, the uniform and all that stuff. And and they were like, hey, what number you want? And they, because they knew I had wore number 81 with Tampa. And it was like, you, you know, you know about this number 81, right? You want that or you want 86? And I said, you know what? I'm going to make my own story with 81. I want 81. 
and it gave me 81. And <laughs> I put that jersey on. I'm out there, you know, the 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 uh, the, the media taking pictures and all this stuff. And like they're like, who's Tim Wright? Who's Tim Wright? And I go out there first game versus the Dolphins, catch the first that first first down of the season, and then I go on the streak of five games with catching six touchdowns. So like all of a sudden the shift of 81 jerseys that they knew before was now 81 jerseys with the name right on the back. And like people just going crazy around like anywhere because Foxborough is a small town. So anytime you pop out, people are running you down, like knowing who you are. So I had me and my family and like, it was just an amazing experience, man. And then going into the Super Bowl, I'll let you segue into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. Dude, yes. unbelievable. Still, like, I've had chills this whole <laughs> podcast. You're just, like, telling me gold right here. You're spitting hot and yes. fire. Man. So, <laughs> Thank you. So um, one thing that I remember watching and I thought was so amazing, I just want to get your take on it before we talk about the playoff push, but I remember you scoring a touchdown. I can't recall who it was against or, like, what the play was, but I just remember you scoring a sick touchdown up in Foxborough, and then it's, like, that classic Tom Brady coming over, just like headbutting you, like embracing you, hugging you, like great job. Yes. You ran the perfect route. Like that just worked to exactly how we designed it up. What's yes. that like Tom Brady coming at you just like with all like love that he has? Oh my goodness. I would just wrap it up like this. So the way the culture in New England works, the way that Belichick just, oh man, you brilliantly put that whole culture and that team together as well as Robert Kraft bringing him in and then Belichick doing his thing, and then they them bringing Tom Brady in. Like, the excellence on all three of those levels trickles throughout the entire team. And all I can say is, when I walked into that organization, you could feel that you were a puzzle piece to that puzzle. And if you didn't bring your, every, your A game every day and you didn't bring your puzzle piece to that puzzle, it wouldn't work. And if you didn't bring it, you will be replaced. And that was that was essentially, like, how you had to wake up and earn your keeps every day. And so when when we were on the field, I was surrounded by guys. We were an all-star team that year. Like, we literally had guys in every position that was ballers. And so for me, like, being being like the the uh, that dynamic duo with, with Rob Gronkowski, like, and, and us going out there and balling, when I was catching those touchdowns and Tom running up to me, like, with the hug and, like, the team just – you know, embracing me and the fans just going crazy. Those were magical moments, man. It was just like we prepared six days throughout the week to be able to do that on a Sunday for the world to see. So it wasn't it wasn't a feeling like, man, like why me? Or, you know, should 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 I even be here? It was it was a feeling of I earned this. Let's let's go out and line up for the next step. Let's do it again. And so that's what that feeling was like. It was just like the adrenaline of you in the red zone, you line up, the crowd is going crazy, the ball snaps, you run your route, you beat your defender, you catch the ball, and then it erupts. And then Tom comes over and just embraces you. Like, and you go to the sideline and it's like, we, everybody just celebrate. And you know, it, it was just like, that was amazing, man. That was a really amazing moments. And I was able to do that six times in New England. <laughs> so, so cool, man. So cool. I just like, all right, so let's talk about this. Let's keep this thing flowing. So yes. the team was awesome that year. You guys get in the playoffs, you make the push, you like win the games and like, yes. you got like seasons on the line, like everything you just worked for in one game could be done. And, but like, you guys went to the Super Bowl. For all you listeners out there, this is Super Bowl 49. 
You guys mm-hmm. are in Arizona. You're playing the Seattle Seahawks. Like they got Russell Wilson, great team, great defense. Like this matchup, this Super Bowl matchup was like, just like it had the making of being a, what was going to end up being one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time. And no so like, I, I want to get into a little bit of this, like, just tell us like what it was like to get to the Super Bowl. Tell us about like the day of the Super Bowl. You and yeah. I, and my brother, Rob, we were all together at media day that week. We coincidentally happened to be out there. So yes. um, that yeah. was one of our favorite memories seeing you. Tell us about your Super Bowl experience real quick. Yes, yes. Super Bowl experience, magical. So before we left, this is this like set the stage and blew my mind. So like, number one, you know, everything's happened. As soon as you win the last, you know, the last championship game for your conference, it's like, everything just boom and so they had what that at that time it would have been was it four no it would have been six i think six, their six appearance i think this was their six appearance at this time and so they they knew the routine like you get 15 tickets you got to figure out who's getting those tickets like they're like four thousand dollar tickets mind you like so it's like all right who am i gonna invite who am i gonna bring out to arizona to represent me as my family so you got to go through that process. You get like a day to do that. And then all the different arrangements and logistics, it just, it just drives you crazy. It's insane. But once you're starting to prepare for the game, you, you find out who your opponent is. Now it's like, all right, we're back to football. And so we get through that week, that week, you know, the pre-week before we get out there. And now our bags are packed. We bring it to the stadium in the morning. The media is already in the parking lot and it's like, yo, this is crazy. So we have our little pre-meeting before we come back out and head to, head to the airport to fly out there. When we get outside the building, there's helicopters flying above like 15 different uh, uh, buses for the team. And in between each bus, you got state troopers. And so we hop on a bus and we're, we're, you know, we're all traveling as, as one accord to the airport. And it's, it's literally helicopters over top of us, escorting us to the airport. We get to the airport, it's like 5,000 people there just greeting us and like sending us off. And we land in Arizona. Again, helicopters above us, all the, all the NFL media out there, like we, we're getting like, things put around our neck, lanyards and all this experience. And you see like Willis McGay, uh, uh, Willis McGinnis, like, you know, just doing a whole holding down quarterback in the, the media aspects of it. And it was just like a once in a lifetime experience, man. We get to our hotel, people are there, you know, everywhere we went. So media day comes and it's like, it's an arena, but it's like a thousand people just on, on the field, on the court or whatever that was. And that's where I met you guys. And it was like, yo, what is this? It's just continuing to happen and continue to happen. And then the day of the game comes. And now you get on the field coming out pregame, right? And you see all of these celebrities literally surrounding the field. And it's like, yo, we're here. Like, they're getting ready for the national anthem. You know, when you, when you look up, like, you got small jets flying over, like, advertisement and all of this. It's, it was like a circus. And then pregame comes, right? And we run out there. They introduce the New England Patriots. They introduce the Seattle Seahawks. We're standing across each other. The national anthem happens. And then those Jets fly over the top. And it's ball game. Like, it's ready to go, right? (laughs) And, like, the adrenaline of of kickoff 
all of the flashes that you see, like everything you witnessed growing up and watch on TV, like even to this day, I'm living that in real time. And the game is happening back and forth, back and forth. And all I can say is that game felt like a bottled up can of, like bottle of soda and emotions, right? And and it's just like the, 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 the acid is hitting the top, going back down, hitting the top, going back down. And all of a sudden, when that interception happens, literally the top just blows off like champagne like and it was just like an eruption on the sideline man and then you know the the, the actually the fight had broke out for a little bit so they like hey tim get in the game you got to line up for the for the knee so i'm like all right i'm out there i ran out there and, and the thing they're still pulling guys apart from each other and we line up to take the knee and all of a sudden like the the clock runs out and I spread my I spread my arms like I was like a plane running down the field. The confetti is falling, and it was just man, that was just like a a, a magical moment that's etched in stone for history, man. So that it was sure, it was insane. It sure was. That was one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time. Thanks for like reliving that. That was actually <laughs> Rob, Rob Rob and I. That was our first Super Bowl ever. One of my wow. favorite memories was all of you as a team as Patriots, like you said, running out on the field. They have extra sound systems at the Super Bowl on the field. So, like, everything's louder. And it was just, like, yes. dropkick Murphy shipping up to Boston. <laughs> you came out. They came out to Nirvana. Smells like teen spirit. The crowd was like <laughs> yeah. that night. And it was so spectacular. I don't know if you knew it or not, but Katy Perry crushed it at halftime. Like, it was. Yes, she did. The you day can hear, was. You can hear it. You can hear it from the locker room at halftime. Like, <clears throat> just thumping. Like, it was amazing, man. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yes. So, it's so cool to have a Super Bowl world champion on our podcast today. We're getting ready for Super Bowl 55 down in Tampa, which is where you played. Before yes. you ended your career, you spent a little bit of time in the Chiefs organization. And, yes. of course, with the New England and the Tom Brady and Gronk connection. I just want to pass it over to Rob and you guys dive deep and just like talk about this, what I think is going to be one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time. Go ahead, Rob. Yeah, take I it. agree. Let's do it. Man, I thought this was the Tim Wright and uh, Rick Brandt <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Tim, you are hands down one of our favorite people to have on the podcast, the way that you're Thank able you, to uh, relive the stories and, and not leave any details out is in incredible. I want to jump into this Super Bowl, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, what uh -huh. is your favorite? And I may be breaking up the pattern right here, but I have to ask it. What is your favorite Rob Gronkowski moment? Ooh. Favorite Rob Gronkowski moment, man. Hilarious. Hmm. You know, no, definitely, definitely. It's all it's all laughs, but it's still like success attached to it. You know what I mean? Because he's so dominant. I mean, I, I, I truly think the Chicago Bears game that we played, I think this was like middle of the season, he went off for like 147, like three touchdowns. And that's the game where he like man-child just, just smashed dudes, like literally was smashing dudes. And, and every time he would come to the sideline, man, he was just talking, talking trash. It's like, yo, man, I'm the man. I'm the man. Like, yo, y'all see that? Like, it was just like, so it was so fun to really be like a, a dynamic duo with that excellence. And and just somebody who was so dominant across the league. And historically, I mean, you know, he, he was setting, he was setting records. Like he's literally a Hall of Fame tight end. Like, so, you know, I'm playing with that 
a part of that, you know, like next to that. And, and it was just, I fed off of it. I fed off of it. But, you know, that was some of the, that was like, it, it, every time Grant just comes in the locker room or, you know, we're, we're in the middle of practice and he does something like, like spectacular. And he's just like, so giddy about it, man. It's just like, how, yo, man, how, how are you wrapped in this personality? You're damn near six, seven, and you're just so dominant, man. But nah, everybody loves it. Everybody loves it. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Well, well, let's hop into Super Bowl 55 yes. Bucks Chiefs uh, in Tampa where you played. And mm-hmm. Brady versus Mahomes, they're hyping it up that this could be one of the best Super Bowls ever. And you were a part yes. of, in, in my opinion, the best finish ever in a Super Bowl. What are, yeah, your, what are your thoughts leading up to this Super Bowl? Yeah, listen, I could see it in Tom's eyes that he's not backing down and he's going to go get this. He's going to go win this. I could see it in his eyes. And Here's where I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a fan of Tom Brady, and I want him to win. And obviously with him being on Tampa Bay, it's even a better alignment. And then the other thing is they're playing in Tampa Bay, so that's history right there. First team to host the Super Bowl is in it. So so that was that was amazing. And um, hold on one second, guys. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm back. And so that, that kind of like – just that uh the way that came together is amazing and so I'm a fan of Tom 10th Super Bowl he's in right now like who knows how many more he'll go in be in how how much longer he'll play so I would love for him to win it this year and um I just think I just truly think that it's going to be a, a showdown I mean the Chiefs are amazing they have the you talk about tight ends Travis Kelsey you know you're talking about the fastest player in the NFL with the ball in his hands Tariq Hill and then <laughs> the wealthiest, most dominant quarterback and, and young phenom in the game and, and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it's like, oh, man, you got Andy Reid. You got the defense. It's like, it, it's going to be a showdown, man. So I'm excited, but I, I really want, I really want Tom to pull this off, like pull this off and, and win this. And uh, I'm just front row seats, like right there. If, if, it, if it was, if we were able to actually like be at the game without all these, you know, different regulations, I probably would be like right there on the sideline. I would try to make it a way to be there on the sideline for that. <laughs> but, but no, nah, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see, to, to witness and watch this greatness that we're all going to be viewing on uh, in, in about what a week from now, <laughs> a week from now, we'll be gearing yep. up for it. And uh, so what is the, uh, you know, what, what is, you, you nailed it. Patrick Mahomes, uh, Travis Kelsey, Terry Kill, uh, and mm-hmm. Andy Reid and Belichick going after it. What a matchup, like the master yeah. coaches. Uh, yes. What is your Super Bowl prediction? Score? Yeah. Nah, you know, you got Andy Reid, Bruce Arians. I mean, he, he's – I like I like the way Bruce also gave, gave Tom – like I think he said it in a quote from last game. He said, listen, I let him coach on the field. Like I let him be a coach, and I think that's what Tom wanted. And he's he's um, expressing that greatness right now. We're witnessing that. But my prediction, my prediction is a 28-21 victory by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm saying 28-21. Love yeah. it. Love it. Yeah. I got 28-21 Tampa Bay Bucks. <laughs> and and who who's the Super Bowl MVP? Tom Brady. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Tom Brady. We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to dive deep. I'm going third or fourth level on this. 
Okay, what is, let's go. What is Tom's stat line? Tom's stat line? 31 for 43. 268. Three touchdowns. You want to go completion percentage? <laughs> Look. <laughs> <laughs> we, can the, we can do the math. We can do the math. We're going to get an INT. Is he going to go perfect? Is he just going to go three and out? Yeah, he'll have one. He'll, he'll have, have one. one. He'll have one. Yeah. But that's that's my that's my that's my stat line right there. <laughs> you know, you know Rick and I are gonna be messaging you. Yeah, let's do it. And and, and I it. hope I hope it's 28, 21, like you know, 268. You know, I hope I will call you will be the wizard, bro. You will be an right. wizard if you did that. I'm I'm coming to you for all bet predictions. <laughs> look, look. <laughs> I love it, man. You, I love you will, it. You will earn yourself a betting. We'll, we'll create a betting uh, section of this podcast, and it'll just be Tim, Tim Wright's thoughts on, on the games. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Tim, this has been so awesome. Before we let yes. you go, just like real quick, can you uh, like tell our listeners like what you got going on now these days? I know you're heavily involved doing great stuff in the community with kids yes. and um, you know, just you're such a good dude. That's one of the things we love about you. You're not just a great football player, but you're a great person. And uh, you. you've just done so much. You're involved with Rutgers. You've got some mm-hmm. of uh, your right cut. Tell our listeners what you got going on these days. Yeah. So, so four years ago, I opened up the, I would say, the first barbershop hair salon on any major campus in the country called the Right Cut. So you could go there and get an extraordinary hair service. Uh, you know, it, I, I, I outfitted it with the most amazing equipment and the most amazing people work there uh, with my team. And so you could stop there right at Rutgers and get your hair service. And then I have the Right Way Academy, which basically provides opportunities and a platform for kids in the community right here down at the short, you know, the short conference area, New Jersey area called the Right Way Academy. And over the years, I'm looking to do some amazing things with that, bringing some facilities into the mix where kids can go after school and get all the resources they need, as well as, you know, just different areas of interest that they have to explore, whether it's entrepreneurship, whether it's, you know, different trades or um, uh, tutoring, just all excellence around the board. And then I recently just became the vice president of the NFL alumni Central Jersey chapter right here where basically we do caring for our kids and caring for our community. So we have different initiatives where enterprises around the area can join our chapter. And we basically just raise money and put any type of needs out there and resources that's in need. We were able to address that with our fund. And so that's amazing. And then last but not least, I have a global disruptive technology that I'm working on with my partner called Dome Audio Inc. And it's the world's first surround sound bone conduction headphones. And essentially now you're able to hear your music, take your phone calls while hearing the world around you. And then when you want to block out the world and go into a privacy mode, you put on these dome covers and it blocks out the world. But on the face of these dome covers, it's a blank canvas. And now we're able to collaborate with any brand and celebrity around the world. So we're essentially going to be the brand that builds brands and we're revolutionizing the way the world experiences sound. So Tim. you can go to domeaudioinc.com. You can check that out. And in the next several months, we're going to be releasing our premier pair of headphones that the world can consume. 
So awesome. I was on the <laughs> website earlier, Dome Audio, The Right Cut, The Right Way yes. Academy, all good stuff, Tim. You are the man. Thank Thanks you. for coming on the podcast today. I hope you enjoy the Super Bowl. And for all you, you listeners too, out there, I'm Rick Brandt. And I'm Rob Brandt, and we're the Brothers Brandt. Tim, thanks for coming on the podcast with us. Hey, it was an honor, guys. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.